What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. What are we going to do about these Falcons, Kalal? And we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wackiest hijinks, and analysis presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Adam, how's it going, sir? Oh, Graham. Graham, Graham, Graham. It's going just fine over here. So happy to see you. Always so happy to see me. <laughs> and your lovely smiling face. I would face. love you to just like to shit all over me in this this segment. Oh, You're always okay. so happy. Just Such a jovial guy. So pleased to see you all the time, Graham. I know. Every single time They're, I see you, I'm like, ah. just like, oh, that guy. That Graham. Only pissed me off twice in my life. <laughs> That's not true. You've pissed me off on this podcast many a time. Yeah. With your sheer stubbornness and... You know, tendencies towards being a cranky old man. Yep, and reliance on statistics. Yes. Yep. <laughs> but sometimes made up statistics as well. Sure. Uh, you're the worst, Graham. That's, Thank that's, you. That's what I I'm appreciate after that. Right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway. I got you, pal. Yeah. No. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good, cordial <laughs> show. I can sense it already. You know, we're sitting here. It's the end of November, Graham. The year is wrapping up. Yes. Think of all the. The crazy things we've been through this year, Graham. The highs and the lows. Lots of... <laughs> ah, I mean, like, sports-wise, uh, lots of, uh, I guess, lots of lows for the most part. It's been a pretty mediocre year, if you think yeah, about it. it was you... the, the Hawks kind of just, like, disappointing yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, the Braves having their ups and downs until finally getting it going. And then losing in the, to the Phillies. Yep. Freddie Freeman was left. Matt Ryan left. Yeah, we lost a couple legends. Um, yeah, in Atlanta sports history this year, and uh, you know, Falcons taking a wide receiver in the first round and dumbass move, making games watchable at least. Yeah, I think that's, at least that's every something game is we close. Expecting this year, no. so but overall nothing's happened. No, it's been a pretty pedestrian sports year for the most part. Although we can't complain. Won the World Series last year. We can't complain. We we can't seriously complain for like five years at least, if not more. Ten max. I think we can certainly complain because we have a championship window. Yeah, I mean we can complain. We just can't be like, oh, woe is me. Like we're so depressed as sports fans, kind of thing. It can't be like it used to be, where we went like thirty years without a championship, right. whatever it was. You know, on the same the same realm as uh, who'd you say we lost? Uh, Freddie Freeman. And Matt Ryan. Right. We also lost Kevin Herter. Well, yeah, it's a huge... To Sacramento. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely comparable. Uh, Danilo Gallinari yeah. is no longer with us. And we could use a shooting. We could. We could use uh, Kayvon shooting, too. Some veteran leadership yeah. as well. So, you know, Atlanta uh, Atlanta sports legends no longer with us. Yeah. Not dead. Not dead, no. Yeah. Just on no, other no. teams. Right. So when anyhow. you said that no longer with us, I just imagine like the black and white photo of like Kevin Herter, like oh, he would only be like twenty seven or something. That would be very that tragic. would be depressing as I hell. I don't think he's even that old, which is all the more tragic. He's not with us anymore. Yeah, on the Hawks, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you know who else isn't uh, with us anymore, Adam? For the rest of the season, is Kyle Pitts uh, decided to have surgery? On he decided to. He just. You know, there's just, no injury. He just decided on a random well, he, surgery. Well, he visited the Graham Walter pediatric uh, facility. But pediatric? That's the, the study of uh, the podiatrist. Okay. You know, that's what I am, a podiatrist. Pe- okay. Yeah. Okay. I know you were thinking that it sounded like uh, the children's hospital. Yeah, it just didn't sound like a word. It sounded like a mispronunciation sure. there. It, it could have been, but let's just pretend it wasn't. Okay. Uh, in case it in case it was. Um but yeah, we recommended uh, that you know he's at the wrong place for only a wrist and ankle place. Uh, please see the uh, Sarah Spalding knee replacement and uh, surgery center uh, upstairs. And he did, and he's going to have the surgery at him. So he's out for the rest of the year. Yeah, I saw, you know, I did a lot of catch up on old Falcon stuff today while I was waiting for you to show up. Um, and I saw the Arthur Smith press conference where he said that. Sure. Claims there's, they don't have long term fears for Kyle and they think that he will be back for next year. He wouldn't say that means like OTAs or training camp, but all we know is it's Anthony Ferkser time. You got so excited when Ferkser had that one catch uh, in that in the Washington game. They got to feed the man. Feed the Ferk. Let him rip. Yeah. He's got that he probably has better chemistry with Mariota than damn Pitts does. 
I think I think almost every receiver on the team has better chemistry than than Pitts does. Yeah, I, I don't know what's Mariotta. going on there. Yeah, it's really odd. But before we jump into these current day Falcons too much, I don't know why. I think it was just a random YouTube highlight that popped up on Twitter, and I was like, I'm going to engage in this one. And it was the I guess it would be what like 18 year anniversary, no 20 year anniversary of when the Falcons and Steelers tied. Hmm. You remember that? Yeah, we were playing Tommy Maddox up in Pittsburgh. Mike Vick was the quarterback. Yeah, yeah I do. I remember Great watching memory. it upstairs in my kitchen. Yeah, I watched, yeah. I watched like the full 14-minute highlight video. It was quite entertaining. Yeah. That was, was a fun-ass team, man. It was a man. great game. You know, like, I mean, but to be honest, like, Vick in that game honestly wasn't that much different than Mariota, except he could hit the deep pass. Yeah, he had a couple beautiful deep throws in that game. Yeah, Mike, which never, makes a big difference. Yeah. But like he was still like, there was like the classic. He's scrambling for like eight yards and like he's holding the ball like it's a can of tomatoes or something, just like <laughs> really loosey goosey. Yeah, yeah. and uh, fumbles. But you know, he he got the job done at the end of the day. Jay Feely kicked some ugly ass field goals and uh, ended up tying. But it was like, man, that was a fun team to watch. Brian mm-hmm. Finneran. Out no. there doing his thing, Patrick Kearney. Crumpler, Patrick Kearney. Well, I don't know if yeah, yeah, Crumpler was on the team then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just watch the highlight, bro. Yeah, no, you're right. You're yeah. right. I'm just going through the roster in my head. Um, yeah, it was a fun team. It was a team, and also that was the year we beat Green Bay in the playoffs, I believe, where we were the first team ever to beat uh, Green Bay in the playoffs at Lambeau. Up until that point, sure, it's, it's happened. A few times since then, but yeah, that, so was, that was a big deal. I remember when that happened. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, so that was kind of the beginning of that nice little run. They and, had. Then the, and then the Eagles killed us the next round. Just the way it goes. And then the Eagles killed us in the uh, NFC Championship after that. Sure. And then the Eagles beat us four or five years ago, whenever that was. I, I, I hate the Eagles so much. We got to beat the Eagles in the playoffs. We got to exercise those demons at some point. Yeah, I don't know if this is the year. No, definitely not the year this year. That'd be a hell of an upset. That would be a massive upset. Um, we got to do a few things to get to the playoffs. Yes. But uh, shockingly, despite our loss, you know, another very, very frustrating loss this past week to your Washington commanders of the XFL, <laughs> We uh, the Bucks lost as well. They suck. They, they, again, they looked like they were kind of figuring it out, and now they suck again. Yeah, yeah. I think they had a bye week or something. They, uh, Cleveland beats them in overtime. And thank God they did, because really that's the only way the Falcons have a shot at getting the playoffs at this point, because Commanders are at 7-5. and five. I can't remember the other teams who are in wild card position, but they're at least 7-5 and five or better. So it's two games behind uh, those teams at this point, at least. And uh, you're only one game behind Tampa Bay at this point. And what really sucks is that we could have won this game. We could be first in the division today had we won. We could have won four of our games. I know, but this game specifically. Sure. This game was like... We knew this was a huge game. We knew this was a huge game. It was a hard-fought game. Both teams were kind of ugly. But at the same time, they both played a lot of hard... Like, it was a good, ugly game. Like, it was, it was classic... It felt like a game from, like, 1974 or something. It was just, like, slow. Uh, there were, I think, like... 60 running attempts almost actually over 60 running attempts between the two teams uh washington ran for 176 we ran ran for 167 so it's like man it was just like an ugly ass old school game and uh unfortunately we couldn't get the job done and there's two things i want to point out adam first one uh we were both kind of going crazy at this end of the second quarter yeah like midfield or something 45 45, yeah. Our own 45, I think. And we and, and there's like, I don't know, it's under a minute left or, or something like that. Or it's, not under, it's, like, it's like close to a minute left. And for some reason, we hold on to the ball for like 30 seconds. Try to draw Washington off. off uh, fourth down at this point. Fourth down. Fourth we, and yeah. two. Yeah, we try to draw Washington off. And then we run the ball. So I thought, okay, you're, you're just saying punt this this. Let's go to halftime. Halftime with the way the score is, screw it. And uh, but instead we run the ball, and then we turn the damn ball over on downs. We get stuffed, and it's like, why are you running this much time off the clock when you're at this position on the field? And then you do a running play, and you still have to get you know a good amount of yards, 
from one Marcus Mariota, who's one of the worst passers in the league, to set up a, a field goal. But not only that, you know, even if you know that's just saying if that play worked, it's like you're clearly still trying to score. So why run all that time off? Because you could have a chance to potentially score a touchdown. So I can justify it here. Maybe they're thinking, you know, run the clock down to like they ran it down to like thirty seconds. At that point, if you pick up that first down, you call a timeout. And then you just need like 15 yards and you're in field goal range. But, you know, if you don't run that clock down, the commanders get the ball back at the 45 with a minute left and are much more likely to either score a touchdown or definitely get a field goal. So I could ju- I could see the justification of running the clock down with that, that they were really just trying to get the three and not going to take like a shot for seven. Yeah, I mean... I- I can, but again, you just also sort of feed into my point to a degree, though, where it's like you have to get 15, 20 more yards to be in field goal range. You got one of the worst passing quarterbacks in but the league. But you can get 15, 20 yards in 30 seconds. You, you could, but it's still, that's, it's like it's leaving, it's, it's leaving a lot of that. You've got and, Anthony Ferkser on your team. Of for course, Ferkser. Of course, God, you can I'm get sorry, 15 how yards. How dare I doubt Ferkser? But Thank you're you. still relying on Mariota sure. here. And um, I, I just don't. You don't want to put the game in Mariota's hands. You don't want to have key situations be put in his hands. Yeah, I mean, that that's apparent. I think that's four times now this year where Mariota's had the ball with the chance to win the game. Well, who, who, we, I guess we can't say win the game because they damn well could have marched on our defense very quickly and scored the a touchdown. The defense was playing great. But still. They were, but, and this, and like, from like the end of the third quarter on, they didn't, I remember you said no more first downs when you said that. Washington didn't get another first down they, the rest of the game. They listened to me. I mean, yeah, Heineke really Heineke didn't play that great, which helped our cause. But yeah, Mariota's had so obviously skipping ahead right to the end of the game, yeah. where we are down six points. We I think we get the ball with like five minutes left. We actually have a huge completion that Mariota created the time with his feet. Yeah. Uh, had a big like 40 yard completion to Zacchaeus and like we're just running all over them where the option is the run pass option is just working beautifully with Mariota he made a number of great decisions on the day yeah and that was just there and we get down to the two and on first and goal we attempted to run it it got sniffed out quickly and we lost two yards there and then second down about a minute left, maybe a little less than a minute, they attempted a pass, which, you know, you're thinking there's still a lot of time left. Let's try one more run. Also, keep in mind, commanders only have one timeout left at this point. Right. That's, that is big. But they attempted a pass to Cordell, and it was there. It was there. He was open. But it got tipped to the line, intercepted. And essentially, ball game. Defense actually came out and stopped them. Used the three te- three timeouts and stopped him, and we would have gotten the ball back with like thirty seconds left. But of course, we ran into the punter, and that was ball game. Yeah. But point is, Mariota had a chance and just didn't get the job done. Yeah, like, I don't really blame him as much. It wasn't a terrible pass. Corderell was open, like you said. Guy just made a good play, but I still think it wasn't a good play call. You're averaging five point eight yards. On the ground. Yes, you just lost two yards. But it's been working all day. And you also, it's a second down. You want to make sure Washington has to take that timeout. So you can just run another play. Hopefully you get those two yards back. Maybe get three yards. Don't want to get in the end zone yet. Or if you do, so be it. But the point is, you should run another running play there. Change up. Do You know what they should have done? They should have done exactly what they did in the... Uh, it was, the, it was the team we beat, the Bears. They should have done exactly what they did against the Bears. It was a very similar situation where it was like it was it was third and short. Bears stuffed us. They changed formation, made it look like we were going to pass, and then hand off the quarterell, and that got us the first down. Should have done the same damn thing here. Change the formation. Don't be so obvious in a run formation, and then run it again. I'm, I'm not as disgusted in hindsight. I'm not as disgusted with the call. Like, I can understand it. Because, but what I say could, makes sense. Could, though. Yeah, but you could you could definitely see us getting stuffed on second down as well. That's and fine. Like, you you might, and this was then from they have Arthur to burn Smith. Their time out. Like you might have to throw on either third or fourth down anyway. Sure, but 
Second down is where you can kind of sneak sneak attack them. Yeah, potentially. But the thing is also, and the play was there. The look, the, was the there. play was there. But also, you feed into you know you feed into their defense by saying you stopped us. Let's stop doing what we were doing well all day and and kind of give in a little bit because that didn't work the last play. Yeah. And so then they're you know I could see them expecting a pass because we just we just stopped them. Uh, you know we just got a two yard loss on the run. And like if here's the thing, four more yards with that rushing attack, you should be able to run the ball three more times and get in there. And if you can't, so be it. Yeah, I mean, it certainly like goes back to the Super Bowl against the Patriots and Seahawks. Right. You know, where the, the Seahawks tried to throw from the two right. with Marshawn Lynch. Insane. Obviously, yeah. we're not saying Algier or Patterson are as good as Marshawn Lynch, but, you know, we've been Same running. Same concept. Same concept, though. Yeah. yeah. So um, Especially, yeah, with the time, with the timeouts, would have, at the end of the day, would have liked one more run. But, you know, if, if that gets done, we're probably praising Arthur Smith. And yeah, I don't know. I, I still didn't like the play call, even if it worked out. I, I just don't think that. And there's also more that can go wrong on a passing play than there is with a run, to me. Like, the, the run, yeah, you could have a fumble, sure. But with, you know, you also got to consider who, you know, uh, the quarterback. Like, even before, like, forget that the play was open, forget that it actually worked. It's also just like, you're saying right now, the most critical opportunity, we have to let Marcus Mariota make this play. I don't know. I don't like it. I just don't like it. Even though it would have, it could have worked had it not, you know, been tipped. I just don't think logically that's a good decision to put the ball in his hands when the game's on the line, when you have one, you have the third best rushing attack in all of football. And you know what? You could use him as a runner. He did a great job running the, the, the ball. As you mentioned on the run pass option, he goes for he has six carries for 49 yards. Um, they had a number of options they could have selected, and I just don't think that was the right one. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, we only put up 13 points, you know? Like, yeah. I, th- I think the offense was kind of clicking at times, but then would just get stuffed and have to settle for a field goal. Yeah, and it was a nasty-ass day, too. And yeah. The weather definitely played a factor. Like it, it doesn't go into the top ten worst losses no. of all time or anything like that. But no. it's this franchise it's, is it's too bad for that. It's just like another winnable game that we certainly could have had, and the yeah. defense did step up big at the end and hold Washington right there, which was promising to see them do that. I feel like they're they're making small strides. Yeah, like especially like midway through the third quarter on. Like I don't, I think Washington was just three and out, three and out. Like like we were talking about, like they were. I don't, the last time they got a first down, I think, was during their like their last touchdown drive. Um, it was impressive, which I think happened earlier in the third quarter. So, uh, yeah, defense looked solid. They still gave up too many yards on the ground. Um, that's t- still still really the Achilles heel of this defense. I mean, Brian Robinson rushes for 105. Uh, as a team, they rush for 176. So that's still not very good. They're, they're not a good running defense, but, you know, when it comes down to it, they can make plays. They still, you know, forced an interception um, near the end of the, the the first half, and pass coverage wasn't terrible. They, they did a great job of containing Terry McLaurin. Only had four for forty eight, so I uh, was really happy with that. So, I mean, there's some positives to take away from this game. Zacchaeus had the best game of of, of his season, five for ninety one. Um, this whole. Uh, Drafting Kyle Pitts and Drake London is really weighing on my head the more I watch this team. It's really, and now you got Pitts having knee surgery, and it's like, God. I, I still think it, it's not, I don't think we're going to really start making too big of judgments until next year. Like $55 million in dead cap or whatever it is this year. So, like, next year is like, next year is expectations to make the playoffs. So, you got to see what it looks like once we get these free agents in. Once we get, I assume, a different quarterback in, whoever that Please is. Please, God. Um, but I think it's it's tough to judge, but you could certainly be hesitant based off the current results. But, you know, also our offense is what it is at this point. And, yeah. Um, it's it's also, I mean, the, the, but the thing is, there's still so many holes. Like, there's still like just such a lack of a pass rush. Imagine if we could have gotten some beast in here from the first round this year. Just could be potentially wreaking havoc, helping out Grady Jarrett, as opposed to Drake London, who's doing nothing. Right. But, like, we've talked about the stat where Ebiketti has, like, he still has the second highest, like, quarterback hit rate amongst all the rookie pass rushers. That's, and that's good. That's so like great. TJ Hawkinson, first rounder. Yeah. He is like four spots below Ebiketti. Mm-hmm. So 
We might have a hit there. Greg. Sure, it could be. It certainly and, and could you be. don't. There's no guarantee that whoever you take, as we know, being the Falcons, yeah, drafting a DN in the first round generally doesn't work out for us. Well, it's also your scouting department sucks ass. You know, like if you you can't draft one good defensive end in 14 years, like I'm sorry, like that's just a bad job on your end. Yeah. Um. But I hear what you're saying at the same time. Uh. I mean, we, we'll have that argument till the end of time. I think where it's it's sort of like. Should you have taken offensive or defensive line um, in, in these drafts as opposed to, to London and, and, and Pitts? And I'll stand by it for until I fall over that. I think it was the wrong move. But it's it just weighs on me, especially when I saw Drake London drop that bubble screen. He's going to be good. I think he's going to be a really good player. But I was like, God. Like, really early on in the game, it was a third and two, and it probably would have picked up the first down. I was like, damn it. Well, that's the other thing with like him as well. It's like you look at – like. George Pickens, who I think he wasn't taken until what the third round or yeah, something like that. He's an absolute monster, and he he like he looks like a much better player than Drake London yeah, right now. It's like you don't need to take some guy he, in the first round. And he hasn't round. had great quarterbacks either. No, he said he said uh, what's his name Pickett, who's who's very he's uh, getting better. Though. He's getting better, but he's not like great or anything. And it's like that's the thing is you can find good tight ends and especially good receivers in the third and fourth round. I, I just don't I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. Um, I know I've talked it to death on this show. I do it like every week, but I just <laughs> can't get around the yeah. fact that we're just building. You know, you ain't building the the, the foundation of the house, right? Well, for the, the roof, for without, the love of God, the Graham, for for me, for our users' sake, you just got to accept that this is reality. I know I can't. This it's, is it's hard. Well, you got to. I, I hear you saying you can't, but you got to for the sake of our show. The show is in danger. We I, we, we all know you're trench guy, Graham. We all know you really struggle with this. You lay in bed late at night. Just thinking about all those potential offensive and defensive linemen who you have no idea what their names are or what any of their skill sets are. But the fact that they were there, potentially, maybe, and could hey, be good. I was the one who called it out, Micah Parsons, before anybody. Not before anybody, but I said, we should draft this guy. You did say that. You were all over Micah Parsons. And no one listened. Not no one, but the Falcons didn't listen to me. <laughs> Still, let's draft Kyle Pitts. He's going to be great one day. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Hey, we might we might have a you know a legit running back though in Algier. I like Algier a lot, and uh, that's he was what a fifth round pick. Fourth, yeah, and that's great. Round. That's great value. Like I mean, great he, value. He, like he looks like he could be a workhorse next year. Yeah, and I you know I was I was complaining earlier in the season about I was like why don't Cordell get more carries? You know, both Cordell and him got eleven carries, but allows them both to be fresh for the long haul, and. um I think that's that's really important. It's for both your running backs to be fresh. There is still part of me that would like one of them to get a little more than the other. They both turned in pretty much identical production: eleven fifty four for Algier, eleven fifty two for Cordell. So, um, what do I know? But I, I I like you know the way both of them are playing. But to go back to your original point, I agree that Algier's really really come on strong for this team, and Huntley's still a really solid uh, runner as well. I mean, he only got one one carry this week, but. Uh, He's also a guy I think you can rely on long term. You know what? I we saw it a little bit more this year, but with Patterson, he is like last year he had like six, almost six hundred receiving yards, and this year nothing. He's got. We can do some quick math: sixteen plus twelve plus nine plus two plus seven plus nineteen. It's like maybe a hundred yards, seventy. Yeah, like I don't know something that, like that. That's, that's not at all. Yeah, and like I mean, he he got. Three catches this last week where it has been like one or two. But well, that's, also remember who his quarterback was. A much better quarterback than uh, Mariota. Interesting point there, Graham. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's yeah. just like missed opportunities there to utilize him a little bit more, especially, especially with, with Algier. Out. and like, With Pitts out. Yeah. It makes no sense to yeah. not see him Well, that's why I'm like, well, they did at least get it to him three times this game where he, that's his most since week one. Right. But so and he had five maybe, targets. Maybe we see that more. Yeah, he had five targets. Second on the team with five targets. So yeah, um, yeah. I think it also just comes down to the quarterback, man. I mean, um, it's just like we we we. There's a really ugly stat for you. Falcons average 155.3 passing yards per game. That is uh, second to last in the NFL, right in front of the Texans. That's pretty bad. But what are you gonna do, Graham? Yeah, we're still in it. Yeah, we're still in it, and uh, good news for the offensive line. Uh, Elijah Wilkinson could potentially come off injured reserve this week, so um, that would be great. 
if that could happen, although we've fared pretty well without him. Um, I mean, this this offensive line really knows how to run block. I've been so impressed with their ability to um, create holes for our running backs. Our running backs are doing great, but the offensive line is uh, leading the charge, and I did not expect this level of production. If you were to tell me that the Falcons would be the third best rushing football team in the league, and uh, whatever, week 12, 13, whatever the hell it is, I'd be like, you're out of your freaking mind. If you told me that before the beginning of the season, incredible effort by the offensive line this year. I mean, Lindstrom is like consistently the best guard like rated in the NFL. He's a hoss. On PFF. Yeah. Uh, that's one pick. Thank you, Thomas. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you're right. That is like a boring, like at the time, that's a boring ass pick. So like important most fans. But yeah, no, it's just like, okay, we're good there now. Right. We're we don't have to worry about that. We'll hopefully be good there for like the next 12 years. Coincidentally, he was the one that was guarding uh, the dude that got his hand up on that last play. That so, can happen, though. I yeah, mean, like, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's like, what are you going to do? Hold the guy? Uh, Put him on his ass? I mean, it would be great if you could pancake him. Um, you know, <laughs> sure. like, like, like Madden. Just every, every single time. Right. Um, but, you know, it's not always going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's what, you know, good defensive ends and uh tackles are supposed to do in passing situations you can't get to the quarterback try and get your hands up guy did it you know whatever happened he made a football play on the football field to help his football team win the football game yep yeah um let's see who we got next adam we got the steelers the squealers coming into town uh one o'clock at mercedes-benz stadium one thing that's really big in this game to me is that we're gonna be uh we're gonna be at home home field advantage uh, Falcons dropped a one and five on the road this year at this loss Oof. to the Commanders. So um, you know you can definitely do the math with how much better they've been uh, at home. Yeah, I mean that's that's a big four and two turnaround. Yeah. yeah, we were those road warriors last year. Yeah, just not getting it done this year. Yeah, it's also interesting that we've lost so many one score games uh, this year. Whereas I think we won like I can't remember what the what the. Uh, we're like what it was seven but, and two in one score games last yeah, year. Yeah, now we've lost uh, all five. Uh, at least five of our losses have been uh, one score games. Mm. Brutal. So Steelers coming off a win over Matt Ryan and the Colts. That was a disgusting game. Nothing too impressive, but hey, it's, they're playing a little better. Like they only lost by seven to the Bengals the week before. Beat the Saints pretty handily. Yeah. So I think Pickett's kind of coming into his own a little bit and. It's not as easy a game as it was going to be. No, I think one big thing to watch for is the health of Najee Harris, their lead running back. He's not he's not great. Um, he's had a kind of like a really just pedestrian year, but he's still a, a workhorse for him. He still gets like 20, 25 touches a game. He can impact the game receiving and running. And uh, he suffered an abdomen injury in that uh, victory over Indianapolis. So uh, he plays a big role in their offense. And I'll be interested. And he's and uh, before the Indianapolis game, he really busted out. Um, I can't remember who they were playing before that, but he had like two. Ru- oh, it was against the Bengals. He had like two rushing touchdowns, rushed for a hundred yards. So he was really coming on strong. So his health will be something worth monitoring this week. He will definitely play a big factor if he is in the uh, in 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 uh, actually starting this week for for Pittsburgh. Um, we've already talked about how good George Pickens is. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I'm sure uh, Terrell is going to be covering him. Uh, tight end is really good for them too. Fry, Fryermuth is a really solid tight end for Pittsburgh. So their their offense. Deontay Johnson. Deontay uh, Johnson. The really their number one wide receiver yeah. opposite Pickens, but he's not as explosive as I've learned this year. As uh, he's been one of my fantasy wide receivers. Right. So, but I can see both of them having a pretty uh, nice day against us. Yeah, and and. And the running game, I think, you know, like with, with that being our Achilles heel defensively. like Well, that's what I wanted to mention, Graham. Yeah. We, we were pretty decent against the run all year, and we got shredded. And, you know, there's been a few games. Deontay Foreman, I know you love talking about Foreman. He killed and what us, he, both yeah. games. But overall, we've been pretty decent against the rush. And losing Taquan Graham is a big loss. And yeah, he, something he we the, didn't really mention. He was that guy in the middle of the line who you don't really – here too much he's not gonna have eye popping stats he's not gonna be the big sack guy but like you know grady jared i heard him talking about how big of a loss that is coach smith's talking about it like that is significant um and that might have been like what happened against the commanders so well, it's been happening for a minute it's been happening the last four or five weeks we're just getting run all over so i mean like even though i agree that and it's been brought to my attention by you and others and grady jared saying like yeah it's a big loss <laughs> 
We still haven't been like amazing against the run all year, but now we're getting like well, we're not going to be amazing at anything. No, but we're now we're getting shredded. So yeah, I think maybe the loss of Graham is uh, uh, becoming a, a larger factor as we continue on uh, in this season. So hopefully, my boy Timmy Horn can get it done. Timmy Horn, yeah, and um, I mean I think it's going to be a really close game with the Steelers. I mean all our games are pretty close for the most part. Oh so. yeah, this is classic. Going to come down to whoever has the ball last. Yeah. Yeah, I I think so. Um, so I, I really think that because um, the Steelers' backup running backs aren't that good, so I'm really hoping that Harris is out um, and that hopefully that will help um, our run defense, not having to deal with, with, with him. But it's – I mean, I've watched a couple of Steelers games off and on this year, and, and it is really – they struggle to run the ball. It's like when they hand the ball off, he's getting like two, three yards of carry. Like it's not great, so – I mean, obviously, there's there's one, uh, with the exception of that Bengals game. But if there's like one team to bust out against, it would be us right now. But um, it's a little encouraging there. And uh, Pickett, the quarterback, has been really inconsistent this year. I mean, even that 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 Bengals game, he had a great first half, and then it was just shut down the second half for the most part. So, and our our uh, our defense has shown against younger quarterbacks in particular, like we did with Heineke this week. It's like you know they'll have some success. So like I remember the first drive against Washington crushed us and then the rest of the game was kind of a little up and down so it's like the thing i like about this defense is that they're able to sort of you know adjust as the game goes on it's such a weird thing to see adjustments from a falcons defense but they're they're not given the same looks all the time as they're in the beginning of the game and it's sort of throwing off younger quarterbacks in particular so i'm hoping that the defense can do that again this week and and Confuse Pickett a little bit, maybe force him to make some bad decisions. I tell you what, Bo, we really got to do something different on the first drive of every single game. I feel like we always could just get shredded on the first drive yeah. of a game. Yeah. Just bring the house. It would be nice to see some more blitzes. Like, just some very confusing blitz packages on the first drive, especially with the rookie quarterback. Get in his head a little bit. I like to see that like, corner blitz, man. Like, if we get beat, that's fine. We're going to give up a touchdown on the first drive of every single drive, <laughs> regardless. Right. So just, you know, do something do something crazy. Make it quick. Get the ball back to your offense. Yeah. Let the defense rest. It does feel like the defense is very vanilla, that first drive. It's like they're just sort of feeling stuff out. But you're right. It usually results in a touchdown. It's always really frustrating. So might as well mix it up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that idea. I mean, it's like the same as, like, our – Offenses look so good on the first drive, like when it's very scripted, mm-hmm. and like they just look unbelievable at times. Like it stalled out this week, and we settled for a field goal there. But it's like I don't know if you can. It's just I. I think this was in person where I was like, why can't you just script more play, like more drives? I don't understand. Like yeah. they, they look so damn good. Maybe defense is making adjustments that early, but yeah i'm sure it's i mean i'm sure other drives are scripted but you're right it does seem like you know early on we seem to have a better success rate i'm I'm not sure what the statistics are but just just from the eye test i agree there has been a slight evolution of the passing game you may not see it but Mariota's getting the ball out a lot quicker yeah especially this week this week than Mm -hmm. he has been in the past and which is promising yeah yeah um and I I'm, I really liked what he was doing run pass option this week. Like he was very decisive. He made the right call most of the time. He's still going to be what he's going to be. He's going to be a flawed flawed quarterback. But, um, you know, it is what it is. And he, hopefully he can just have these little incremental improvements. He's a very good backup quarterback. He's a f- perfectly fine backup. He quarterback. He can win you some games. Yeah. And he's you know the, the impressive thing is he's won five games this year with this team. I did not think that was possible. Yeah. He's not going to take you to the promised land. This team is still battling their asses off. There's no quit. There's no laying down. There's no rolling over. And and this Arthur Smith team. And that, that's somebody I keep coming back to, despite the fact I still have some issues the way he coaches in certain situations or whatever. I cannot deny that this team tries its ass off. And, and there's no there's no variance in that. There's no up and down. It's like where it's like, oh, one you know, one week they just didn't have it, and they you know the effort wasn't there. It's like the efforts max all the time with these Falcons, which yeah. I love. I mean, the, the worst game was that at Carolina Thursday night game. Which yeah, there's a lot of qualifiers on that game. Yeah, as we bad weather, short week, discussed many a time, etc. Graham, did you see that the worst move, arguably that Fontenot has made so far, has officially failed? Uh, no. Brian Edwards got released. You think that's the worst move? It's a pretty bad move. What do we give he was up? This guy was expected to be like our number two receiver. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I saw that we released him. It was just nothing. Is he their fourth or fifth round pick? 
Ooh, that's brutal. That we traded for him. That's brutal. Should I fact check that, or are we just gonna? No, the... let's 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 run with that and give okay. Fontenot some shit. Yeah, no, I mean yep. it, it wasn't. It was enough for me. If it were like a sixth or seventh, I'd be like, eh, yeah. who cares? But fourth or fifth, I mean, that could that's be not great. that could be another running back you could bring in. That could be uh, that could be anybody. That could be yeah. anybody that can actually make a contribution. That, yeah, that's so, lost now. So he officially was released. He might have signed with the Jaguars. I think everyone signs with the Jaguars when they're released from us. But uh, he got released for Frank Darby. So that's not not a great sign. For him. Yeah, it hasn't really seen much of the field this year. No, no. So, hey, uh, any predictions for the Steelers game? Ugh. I think we come back and win this one. You know? <laughs> I think we win, too. I have a feeling we win this game. It, it's going to be like 23-22, some bullshit Yeah, it's going like to be that. really close. But, yeah, I agree. I think I think the Falcons are going to find a way At this home, week. we get it done. And then, is this the last game before the bye? I believe so. We could, um, we could fact check we could that fact one. We could fact check that real quick. That's an easy one. And the schedule says, no, actually play the Saints after that. Mm. And then the bye. Then the Ravens. Oh, wow. <laughs> what the hell is our bye? Oh, actually, no, you're right. Steelers, then bye. Okay. I was looking at the, the, the dates. They don't say bye on the schedule. I was like, at that point, we're like Sorry. at the end of the season. <laughs> we're taking our bye then the January 1st. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, bye after the Steelers game. Okay. Which we're due for a buy. Like, yeah. This is a good time of year to get a buy. Get healthy. If, if we could get a win, get healthy over the buy, minus pits, of course. Let's see what happens. You know what's funny? I mean, th- these damn bucks, they got a tough schedule now. They do. Um, but you know what's funny is like we're we're just one game away from being in last place in the division. Yeah, those Panthers are hanging. They're hanging. The Saints are hanging. I just want to go one way or the other. Like... Yeah, either collapse or do it. Yeah. Or be in there until the end. That'd be nice. Yeah, Tampa Bay this week. Let's see. Let's see who they got. Tampa Bay plays the Saints. You know, they'll play them hard. 49ers, Bengals, back-to-back, which is which is good. And then Cardinals, who suck. Panthers but, will play them hard. And then us. And then us, yeah. Potentially three losses there. Potentially. So... Anything can happen. No, no team is very good in this division. Nope. Anyone can still win. Technically, it's insane. I still want a wild card game, Graham. I want us playing on like a Saturday afternoon. And you know we'd host it at one p.m. And we'd host it. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Got to go. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, yeah. So that's your that's your Falcons coverage for this week. Very nice. Yeah. Very good. We'll take a quick break here, a word from our sponsors, and then we'll talk some Hawks. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to in betting on the NFL this holiday season. All right. I can't remember. I gave you some Thanksgiving picks last week. I think two of them hit um, out of the four I gave you. So we're back this week, um, and I got two games for you to uh, bet on with DraftKings Sportsbook. So the first one is Green Bay at Chicago. Justin Fields, I think, is still going to be out. Green Bay looked a lot better, even though they lost to uh, Philly on Sunday night. Uh, Jordan Love also looked awesome. So regardless if it's Rodgers or Love, uh, Chicago is a, is a different, completely different team without Justin Fields. So take Green Bay over Chicago. Chicago does get three and a half points. It is at Chicago, but take Green Bay. They're the better team right now. And then the other game I got is a little more high-profile. Tennessee at Philly. Tennessee gets 5.5 on the road. Uh, Tennessee's coming off a really tough loss to the Bengals, but they're playing really good football overall. I think they won four out of the last five. They get 5.5 points. Um, I like Tennessee to cover the spread. Philly might win the game, but Tennessee covers the spread. So those are the picks this week. Green Bay at Chicago. Take Green Bay, even though they're giving up 3.5 points. And then take Tennessee on the road over Philly. Tennessee gets 5.5 points. So here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Adam, it's been tough sledding for these Hawks recently. Mm-hmm. Lost four of the last five. Oof. Uh, three of which, three of the last, uh, <laughs> three of the last three losses, for lack of a better way to put it. Uh, the Hawks have blown double-digit leads in all those games. Uh, the Rockets, the Heat, and the 76ers. And this trend of sort of offensive ineptitude in the second half kind of started with uh, the loss to the Cavs. It's a really 
close back and forth affair. And, uh, you know, once again, the Hawks had a lead in that game. And it was like late in the third quarter or something. They just couldn't score anymore um, consistently. And it was like uh, the ball movement wasn't as good. I remember there's this one play in that game in particular where they, they passed the ball like four times and found the open man in the corner for three. And uh, I was like, oh, man, I haven't seen Hawks ball movement like that in a long time. And then it's just it was just kind of more of the same old isolation BS at the end of the third quarter. And the ball movement wasn't as crisp. Defense wasn't as good. And but it really came down to just the offense kind of shit in the bed. And one thing, I mean, uh, you know, one area the offense has shit the bed all season has been just shooting three pointers. I mean, we're one of the worst three point shooting teams in the league for whatever reason. Um, and Herder. Well, yeah, not having Herder, not having Gallinari. Bug- yeah, not having Bogdanovich also hurts, but it's like that is big. And we knew DeJounte is not the best three point shooter in the world. We know Trey's not the best three point shooter in the world. But it is shocking how like we're bottom of the barrel when it comes to shooting threes. And unfortunately, in today's terrible NBA game, you got to be able to shoot three pointers to win. Yeah, I mean the, the loss against the Cavs that's understandable. But yeah, like having the lead, not being able to finish. It was still a blown uh, lead, though. Right. Game. Yeah. 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 Not good. But yeah. the one against the Rockets was truly atrocious. The it was Rockets, four and a half minutes left. Yeah. The Rockets are five and fifteen. Yeah. And this is the stat line that just made me, Graham Waldrop, concerned. Okay. So Clint Capella wasn't in this game. Right. And I don't know if there's still Clint Capella haters out there, but there shouldn't be, because he is a rock for us and crucial when it comes to rebounding He's been huge this and year. defense in the paint. Mm-hmm. But look at this freaking stat line for, from this 128-122 loss to the Rockets. We got Trey Young with 44 points. Okay, that's cool. Uh, zero rebounds, only five assists from Trey. 13 of 28 shooting, 4 of 10 from 3. That's all fine. And then you follow that up with DeJounte Murray, 39 points. Really good. Three rebounds, three assists. It's like that is just playing hero ball. Yeah. And it's two guys. There's like videos of like DeJounte Murray bringing the ball up and like Trey Young, like he'll pass it to Trey real quick. And Trey's like, no, you take it this time. And then like everyone else is just standing there, not doing anything. Yeah. And then end up settling for like a mid range jumper. Yeah. So like we're not good at shooting threes. We don't get to the rim at a very high clip and finish there. So we're settling for a lot of mid-range jumpers, which is like, that's the opposite of the way the NBA is going. It's threes and high percentage points in the paint. Yeah, threes and, yeah, yeah. So only eight assists from those two guys, all those points, like your next, yeah, A.J. Griffin had 11 points in that game, but like no one had more than Trey's five assists. It's like, that's not good. No, but the weird thing is I've seen this team move the ball well this year, and they're just sort of getting away from that recently. I don't I don't understand why um, we need to just keep doing this isolation crap. Okongwu, our starting center that game, he had zero shots. Yeah, it was just stupid. Four points on six free throws. It's like, really how, how the hell does that happen? Yeah, I mean, it's great that you're seeing, you know, 44 and 39 or whatever it was, but it's also like, uh, you know, there have been like uh, – I would challenge you to look at like the stats for, you know, the wins against Milwaukee and, and compare that with, uh, you know, with, with this loss against Houston. Yeah. You, you got to spread it around. And like the Sixers game, that was a 16 point lead and the offense just disappeared down the stretch. Yeah. It's just, it's the same thing happening over and over again right now. Um, so I, I want to read to you a very good Reddit post that I saw this week. Oh, sure. I'll, I'll credit him. His name is Hooligan8. Was it on uh, Ask Reddit? No, it was on the Hawks subreddit. Oh, the Hawks subreddit. Wow. The Atlanta okay. Hawks subreddit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he says, These games have confirmed that the talent is there. I don't look at the individual players and think, Yeah, these guys can't ball. They'd all be rotation guys on other playoff teams. If the talent isn't the problem, then we have to look at the guy who is ultimately responsible for achieving buy-in and implementing an effective system with the pieces we have. There is no consistency because there are no well-defined roles because there is no plan. That's why we can beat the Bucks one night and then lose to the Rockets the next. Know which team never did that? The Bud Era Hawks. That's what having a well-implemented system is supposed to look like. You win the games you're supposed to win, and you always have a shot, even when you're playing teams that are better than you. Well said. Yes. Hooligan 8, very well put. Good job, Hooligan 8. And... and- I mean, this has been a problem with the Nate McMillan era. 
Like the the only really defined role to me is Trey Young brings the ball up. Everything else is just bullshit. You know, there's no great plan for utilizing John Collins' talent. And and he's had an off year. He's not shooting the ball at all. No. He's not making those threes. Really down season compared to, like last year was a pretty strong season from him. This year has been his worst year since his rookie year. Um, and it's still early. You know, we're, you know, at least in this recording, this is November basketball we're talking about. But, uh, you know, th- these, these things that have, um, you know, and it also just shows that McMillan doesn't know what to do with this kind of uh, with, with with these players? It's a very it's a different roster from last year. I mean, there's a lot of the same returning pieces, but like you're talking about, there's no Kevin Herter, there's no Gallinari, there isn't sort of this uh, or Bogdanovich just still hasn't come back. There isn't this, you know, our identity felt like uh, for a while it was this sort of suicide mission to shoot as many threes as possible, which I guess in today's NBA kind of makes sense, even though the defense sucked. Now it's kind of like I don't know what we do because we can't shoot the three pointer anymore. It doesn't really uh, it doesn't really make sense, um, and the inconsistency. I think, yeah, I think uh, Hooligan Eight is exactly right, and probably you know did a better job of analyzing it than we ever could dream of doing. A hundred percent. Yeah, but uh, it really. I mean, that's the thing that's really bugged me the most has been just not finding a good enough role for John Collins, not drawing up plays for him. Everybody on the offensive side of the ball to me has a lot of talent. We know what Trey can do. We've seen what DeJounte can do. Uh, we know what John Collins can do. Clint Capella is a banger on the inside. You know, we should be drawing up. Everybody should be getting plays. Everybody should get in plays that feature them. Um, or, you know, it's sort of like um, it's, sort of, it's sort of like running routes as a receiver or, or designing plays as an offensive coordinator, right? You have all these receivers – um, that are running routes that are part of, you know, you have your hot route, you have your hot receiver or whatever, your first look, first read, but you should be able to, everybody should be doing something within a play. It shouldn't just be isolation bullshit. It's interesting to see that, that Nate is at least mixing up rotations a little bit. He's just throwing shit at the wall. So I mean, he has been playing Griffin steadily now, which I think everyone wants to see. But now he's benched Aaron Holiday who was brought in to be the backup point guard. Whereas like why we let DeLon Wright walk. I'm also not very sure. He was a huge X factor in the playoffs last year for us. Just very solid, good defender. So holidays out. Now we're playing Trent Forrest, who I'm sure you've never heard of him. Uh, just right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I had, I, I knew T Forrest from box scores and that just had to look his name up. But um, now he's in the rotation as our backup point guard. So that's probably not great that we're going to a guy who was a D-League guy last year. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what Schlank's going to do. I don't know. You know. I think you let this run into the January at least. Yeah. No, we you, could catch fire. You next. could. And we've seen some things this year that, that should give us hope. We've seen at times better better overall play. We've seen better overall defense. We've seen better ball movement. Uh, you beat the Bucks twice. You don't do that by accident. So – you know, there, there, there's something here. Hopefully, McMillan figures it out. I don't have a lot of confidence in him. I lost confidence in him last year, and I'll stand by that. I still don't think he's the guy. And um, you know, if this continues into like February, I'm sure he's going to see the door. Yeah, as of as of today, so we dropped from last week. We we're like kind of in the three like, seed, like third. Now we're in the eight seed, but it's it's still super. It's early. all very tight as well. Like, there's only four games separating us from the Bucks at number two. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's, it, it's, the standings obviously don't matter right now. It's still now, November basketball. You want to remain in the mix. Yeah. Don't let this, as of this recording, the Hawks are up 20 at the half to the Magic. If they blow that, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, then you got to have a closed doors meeting and just be like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Who's the leader on this team? Trey should be the leader. Is he, though? I don't know. We don't have an athletic reporter. We don't see any interviews. We don't know what's going on. Like, this team's a mystery, not just to us, but to everyone right now. Yeah. It, There's no insight to this team right now. It's a travesty. Yeah. Graham, can you go write for The Athletic? Yeah, I wrote for a, a shitty publication like 10 years ago, so I could say, like, I did that. But if, if it's, like, you versus nobody, yeah, yeah I can, I'll take I can, you. I could write a decent story. You've got a podcast. i got a podcast. Yeah. I, I, I write things. Sure. So if if you could get in that locker room for us, that that'd be yeah. great. Trey, why why have you not improved defensively over the course of your entire career? 
just hold up the microphone. I just ask him really bad questions. Get Instantly out. get bad. Yeah, never get allowed. Banned from the locker yeah, room. Yeah. Definitely. Trey, just don't throw up those long ass threes. Trey, can you stop taking logo threes? Can you limit that to like one a game? What do, what do you? Why do you think you're such a good three point shooter, Trey? <laughs> you haven't shot like over forty percent ever. And then discuss how good of a three-point shooter you were back in your day at the friend school. Yeah. Playing at Decatur High. Yeah. Elbow threes, man. That, uh, that was my thing. I'm sure you were at least a 40% shooter, right? I did make, uh, for Ben Franklin in my, my high school years, I did make a uh, beyond logo three-pointer at the end of the game. And uh, it was a missed free throw. We were down by four. So there was nothing to lose. I got uh, you know I rebounded the ball. No one was guarding me. I just threw it up there. I've been doing that practice at the end of practice. I would just like take ten minutes and just do that over and over again. That seems like a good use of your time. Yeah, it's the last ten minutes. You know, I could be shooting free throws. You could have been yeah. You could have been doing free throws. You could have been working on your defense. Yeah, could have been doing just like normal three pointers. Right, but I was just like, no, let me let me shoot some half court threes. And I made it. I made it in the game, but we lost by one. It was really, it was like the most depressing. Did you still like celebrate like a jackass? Like no. you just won the Super Bowl? No, I was like, oh, this sucks. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah, everybody looked at me like, I kind of wish you didn't make that. It's <laughs> like worse. We lose by one as opposed to four. Well, at least you have that memory. The right? parents, all the parents section was very excited. I was like, we lost. Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, it was kind of cool, but it was also like, who gives a shit? Pipe down. Yeah. yeah. Sort of like Trey making a logo three, but we blow a lead to uh, the Rockets. We score forty four points, but we lose to the Rockets. I, I was watching. The same thing. I was watching the end of that Sixers game where we had blown the. And it was also just like such a winnable game. The Sixers went like four or five minutes without making a shot at the end of the game, and like our once we went down one with like you know ten seconds to go or whatever. Um, it was just trade dribbling. No, it was more than that. It was like fifteen seconds. It was just like trade dribbling for ten seconds or so zero passing and then just like a really poor lob attempt to john collins and it's like is that is that all we got yeah like we can't move it around no find an open shooter it's just weird because i've seen that this year there's been times when the ball movement's been really good and i don't know where that's going it's so odd it's yeah i don't know it's frustrating it's frustrating more frustration for the hawks so there you have it um, no real Braves news. So I think that wraps up our show. Unless you got anything else, Adam. I do not. All right. Well, I hope you guys had a uh, good Thanksgiving and the return to work hasn't been too bad. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitalship. Hospitalship.